0: Welcome to your regularly scheduled episode of Couch Theater. We're talking about Squid Game today, which was a fun little nine-episode romp that we uh, we enjoyed. A little too fast. Um. Well, it wasn't too bad. We didn't do it in one sitting, so I call that a win. Two sittings. We did it in two sittings. Two episodes on the first sitting, and then seven episodes on the second <laughs> sitting, you know? You give it a little taste. See whether or not you like it. Come back for more. You get all Working you for want. the buffet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's perfect. That's how things... Are. And to do it on like a vacation too, where we're supposed to be like out in the woods, or not in the woods, but, you know, out in nature, enjoying life and getting away from technology, then we just spent several hours watching a TV show. It's, that is 21st century. A depressing,
1: depressing one at that too.
0: Yeah, yeah there's, there probably is something to analyze there, but let's talk about Squid Game. <laughs>
1: Yes, um, I don't know what we should tackle first.
0: Mm, do you want to do a, a light? So let's just jump right into it. Uh, do you want to give a summary of uh, these nine episodes of Squid Game? Poor
1: people are used for entertainment in games that are childish, childish in nature, uh, but end uh, up with a life or death situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know what? It would be pretty good if we like actually spent time to write like a one-minute, snappy and like witty summary of something. But I prefer us just like in the moment, struggling to summarize <laughs> what actually happened in an interesting way. I would say, Hunger Games meets Battle Royale meets Parasite, as Victor Von Doom slash Amon uh, from, from, Legend, from, of from Legend of Korra uh, does stuff. Also, there's a cop, I guess.
1: <laughs> I think that's a so I think that's a pretty good combination. What do you say again?
0: Mm-hmm. Parasite, Parasite, Battle Royale, and uh, Hunger Games. Uh-huh. I guess you can take out Hunger Games from that. It's just Parasite amidst Battle Royale. Okay.
1: Yeah. We'll we'll squeeze that Amon thing though.
0: Yeah, the, he looks the, like the Amon. Equalists. Equalists, and he's all about equality. too. Yeah. you know, this is a free and democratic. Blood game. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so I
1: guess as a general statement, how does it compare to other movies that are
0: similar? It's very different. So something like The Hunger Games, I'm speaking specifically of the first movie. I haven't really watched the other ones. Well, I have, I just wasn't paying attention. Those ones don't really delve into... It, those ones are more about the game. Like, Hunger Games is, you know, it's, it does some background setting of, like, the districts and sort of the class inequality that gets people here. But it's really about the game and Katniss and her her two boyfriends or not her boyfriends or whatever is going on. I, I honestly forget the plot of Hunger Games completely, but you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. A lot of that movie centers, and I assume the TV show, oh, sorry, the book, centers around the game itself. Same thing with Battle Royale. From what I remember, that has been a really long time. But a lot of that movie is focused on the games they're playing. Um, and Squid Game, I was expecting some of that. I was expecting a heavy focus on the games they're playing, a heavy focus on subterfuge and like intrigue between the players. And there definitely is some of that. But there's just a, there's also a lot of like ruminating on you know the human condition. Mm, yeah. That's <laughs> for lack of better term. Um, which was surprising in a good way. So, yeah, I liked it.
1: I think one element that helped it stand out uh, towards these other movies and and, uh, TV shows would be that uh, it didn't define the players by age, really. It defined the players by desperation, right? It only took players that were desperate enough to take it, and it didn't force them to. It adds a whole... Layer of dimension, I think, to introduce different types of characters from different settings, from different backgrounds, uh, and they get to play because the the idea is that it everyone is free there to to be there. Uh, it adds a whole new layer to I think the the concepts of the game. It's like you know when you find out for the first time that you know what you can actually kill people in your waiting room or in your <laughs> yeah. in your sleeping area, right? It I don't I don't know it. It takes it on to a whole not- another level I would say.
0: Yeah. The, honestly, I thought that that part was tamer than I was... Not that, you know, killing a bunch of people is by any means tame, uh, but that part was tamer than I expected it to be, which mm-hmm. is what I would say when I, I thought there was going to be a lot more like player versus player intrigue. So I thought like that was going to be just a, a big thing from the start, but I, I do prefer the way this show takes it mm-hmm. because, okay, this organization, I don't know what, what to it, call them, let's call them the group of... Whatever. I'm not going to call them anything because I can't think of anything polite to say. <laughs> um, but this organization is, you know, for all intents and purposes doing a terrible thing, but, you know, there's some ideas of not terribleness in there of, like, here you get the chance to earn something, mm-hmm. you know, and make something of yourself. Um, I would say that the idea that you can back out of the game is great enough only... After you know that you're going to die. Because, okay, let's back up a bit. I think that what what differentiates this a lot from, again, a lot of other similar concepts is that all the players are complicit. They're not just victims, like Hunger Games. They are victims. um, Yeah, I mean, they volunteer as tribute and whatnot, but, you know, (laughs) they're in a society that, that, you know, forces forces this upon them. No one really wants to be here. Mm -hmm. And... Squid Game, no one, again, really wants to be here, but they're all here by choice. They all had an out, they left, and they all chose to come back. Now, you know, you can dive into like how desperate the situations were and whether or not it was really a choice and all that, but they did choose to come back more so than any other rendition of this sort of concept I've ever seen, Uh, except the first group, (laughs) which when everyone first realized, oh, they're going to kill us, that would be like a little... X mark. I would give against this uh, not so beloved organization. I'd be like, yeah, you probably could have told them about the fact that you were gonna kill them before you started killing them. <laughs> it's there in the fine print, rap. Eliminated. <laughs> yeah, they kept saying eliminated. I'm like, yeah, you you keep saying it like like as though that word's supposed to mean something. But it's a lot of games in this world. Elimination is not
1: death. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I suppose I I do want to talk more about how the concept of free will in it and how people were brought into it and whether it's actually a fair thing. But, uh, another aspect, I suppose that kind of made it a little stand out a little bit more was, uh, the, the childish games. Yeah. The, the idea, like in other, in hungry games, right. If you have survival instincts and stuff, you're, there's a chance, right. There's a, there's a chance. But with this, it was like, here, we're going to play a childish game. And you know what? There's, There's some randomness to it, you know? Like, oh, you have to carve out an umbrella from this piece of maple toffee cracker or whatnot, right? And another person only has to carve out a triangle. Like, it it takes a childish game and then adds a life-and-death situation to it, and that makes it very, I don't know, twisted.
0: Yeah, it is twisted and very messed up, but also, I don't know if this is just me, I find it very... um poignant, if you will um, because it's arbitrary right that, that that's yeah. the problem with children's games the, the rules are arbitrary and are completely unfair and just messed up in a whole bunch of ways and i i think i don't know because i'm not the one who wrote this the script but they're trying to make a point about like life and like the and not just life in general but like the rules of society cuz they are pretty arbitrary and quote-unquote, are supposed to be fair, but they're not really fair. And, like, you have a bunch of advantages for no reason. Like, why does one person get the umbrella, whereas one person gets the square? It's like, it's random. You just chose it, and you didn't know what game what game you were playing. So, like, you can almost equate that to, like, why was one person born rich, and the other person was born poor? It's like, you didn't get a choice here. You didn't know what game you were playing when you were born. You're just here now, and go. Yeah. Kind of thing.
1: You're born into a rich family, yeah. You're yeah. born into a poor family. Yeah. not yet
0: (laughs) (laughs) and yeah you didn't know what game you were playing so you just picked a shape and turned out you know you probably could have picked a simpler shape
1: Mm. Uh. yeah so actually what i really liked about it was the concept of hell like episode two is titled hell right and when they do the whole voting thing i thought for the whole time you know what it's not no one's going to they're going to say the majority is not going to say no and (laughs) give up right Otherwise, what's the point of the TV show? But they actually go back into the real world. Yeah. I really appreciated that, and it, they show that you know what actually the real world is hell for these people. Before I guess diving into that a little bit, I want to say like you're talking about like Hunger Games where people are forced into it. Um, there's a sense of just a, there's a simple view of life, class of like basically poor people or those under or victims and then the high class or, or bad people. Yeah. This professors. yeah, the VIPs. Right. Uh, but in this TV show, the, the VIPs are still bad, right? Yeah. They're still absolute jerks, but there's a sense of complicit that the poor people have. Right. Yeah. It makes it a little interesting. So basically the actions they've made in their past and external factors as well that have happened to them have put them into a situation in which there's no winning Winning solution in life, right? Yeah. There's no way for the there's no way for the main character to solve all the problems he has about his daughter going to the USA, about his mother having diabetes and all this stuff. There's completely out of his control. Yeah, it's not saying that he was a complete victim because there are some choices he has made, uh, but like he's put into this situation that he can't win in society, which is basically for him hell.
0: I would to add to that. So, I, I think this applies to the lower class, like people with debt. They're all complicated. Like, they've bought in to, you know, the game. That's why they're implicit, but also the system, society, mm-hmm. right? And we can see that from the beginning, G- Gihon is a gambler, right? And, you know, he makes some money, but like, the person who goes around gambling when they don't have a lot of money to begin with, you know, I'm not gonna comment on, like, your life choices or how you got there, but I'm gonna say probably this is not the best thing for you to be doing. <laughs> And he makes a lot. Of, he makes a lot of choices that you, you see. That yes, this guy is a victim of whatever uh, society and that culture or whatever you want to say. But also, he's not helping himself out here. Like he, he is in some way like he has habits and tendencies that lead him down this mm. road. And that's why I also really appreciate uh, the friend from neighborhood because he's someone who's been lucky enough to get out sort of mm. escape the system and, like, hit that American dream of he's gone to the great university, he's got a and even him can still fall back and, like, that's not enough. Mm. I, I can't. So, yeah, I really pushed up what I didn't appreciate to get HelloCon was actually the VIPs because I understand what they're going for. These are, like, super corrupt, you know, just, like, there's no redeeming quality to these people, but I... Don't like that. I mean, it was pretty whatever. It didn't really affect my enjoyment of the show. But I was like, you've you've gone to so much trouble to show like the nuance with all these like uh, these players, and then your bad guys are just a hey, extremely bad actors. This is good. Those guys are not good actors. Just a tip: if you're ever watching an
1: Asian movie that features Caucasian characters. They're always the
0: worst acting you've ever seen. Yeah, that was that was really bad. Like, I can do a better job acting bad. Um, I'm going to just say they did not have good direction, or maybe they're not naturally actors, or whatever. I don't want to knock someone on their craft, but that was bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, I guess we get a little bit of that with the the old man. We can get, dive into the old man a little bit later because I definitely have some thoughts there. But I didn't appreciate that part, but I definitely appreciate you know so sort of the complexity of the class and the situation there.
1: Yeah, I want to challenge the nuance of the VIPs a little bit later because because of the old man. Mm-hmm. I want to just circle back. It makes the game definitely makes it explicit, more explicit how these characters are the players are actually kind of complicit in it, right? After the first game. They have a chance to quit. And they do. But they all come back. But they all know the rules. That there are going to be rules where you're playing a child's game and other people are going to die. Right? If you might be betting on yourself that you survive, but you're going into a game that may involve you killing another person. And they go into that. They play tug of war. After tug of war, it's for sure. like you.
0: A minor pushback I'll give there. The same way I said when they played Red Light. You're like... Those people did not know elimination meant death. Yeah. When they sign up and come back, yeah, they assume they're playing games that they can die, not that they're going to play games in which they will actively be the cause of someone else's death. Mm. So that's a little bit of a like, a, once again, you're not giving these people all the information they need, and of course, this yeah. is for the entertainment of people watching, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, just a little bit of like, yeah, yeah, you're not quite following the policy. You're saying you're <laughs> following. <laughs>
1: But yeah, after the tug of war, like you literally pushed somebody, well, not pushed, pulled yeah <laughs> pulled somebody to their death. Um, and like they're doing this aware that because they want the money and they, they have the option still to quit, mm-hmm. right? They still have the option to quit, but they go through with it because that's what they want, right? So similarly, they're in... They're not as guilty, of course, as the VIPs, but they have been complicit and active, actively killed some people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, everyone involved in that is complicit. I initially did not enjoy... I still don't really enjoy the subplot of the the organ harvesting and the cop,
1: etc. I didn't enjoy the subplot so much as in the subplot being the police officer. I enjoyed the subplot of the subplot. <laughs> I enjoyed the organ harvesting.
0: You enjoyed the organ harvesting? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree there. I enjoyed the organ harvesting. So I think that the entire thing could have been a much tighter subplot or or had a better like conclusion because it sort of just sort of fizzles out. I mean, it, it does resolve, but in terms of storytelling, it feels like it fizzled out. It's like, what are we doing here? And then the cop gets shot. We don't see the body, so he's most definitely not dead. And, you know, these organ harvesting people all get killed randomly and yada, 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 and we're done. What I did enjoy about it was it showed the other side of the curtain. It's like, here, even here on this island where these super rich people are making these guys play for, you know, all this money, the guys who are here behind the mask shooting them and all this, their life's not that great because they live in this, like, tiny, like, basically prison cells, Mm. and they, like, they are doing organ harvesting to make more money because they don't have enough money. I guess if we want to dive into, like, what I think the movie is trying to say about be very brief on this, cause no one needs my political opinions, but <laughs> like what the movie is trying to say about like capitalism, very consumer culture and all that stuff. And the ways in which we've all as a society bought into what, what are virtues, mm-hmm. what makes a person like a good person in terms of like a good contributing member to society and how like a lot of these things can be extremely arbitrary. And like he, yeah, I guess that. They're all kind of arbitrary. They all, on some level, don't make sense, are extremely unfair. And yeah, I just enjoy the way, like, oh, here's all these poor people with to death who are probably kind of irresponsible and they're playing this crazy game. But like, even these people with quote-unquote stable jobs shooting these poor people, even they can't make ends meet and they have to like result to all these uh, back-end dealings just just, uh, just to make some more money. So, you yeah. know. Definitely is showing a picture of of society,
1: right? This little game, this little island yeah. is is just a, a small down
0: I guess example of what society is. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, what else to talk about here? I feel like we've sort of hit on unless we want to start doing a thesis on classism.
1: I think it's more nuanced in this TV show, which yeah. I, I like more without making it sound like there's, uh, you know, everyone's good. It kind of more paints picture of how I don't know, society
0: is self-destructive. Yeah, life is complex and complex things are happening. Yeah. Uh, I like that it's, it's uh, on the surface, like it's extremely blunt, right? That This movie is not trying to, or TV show is not trying to be subtle about its message. It's like, here's this douchebag rich people and here's these down in their luck people in debt and they're playing a death game to get money and it can't, it can't beat you over the head more with its, with its themes but I think that as you delve into it, it's, it does have more subtleties there and like, Because the great thing about art is, like, I don't want you... I mean, I do want the artist's opinion, because that's what art is. But, like, you don't need that to be shoveled down your throat or beaten over your head. So, like, you can sort of dig into it, and it leaves enough gaps and holes there for you to fill in some blanks and, like, draw your own conclusions, and, you know, as good art does. So, yeah, that's enjoyable in that aspect.
1: Let's move on to whether you have any
0: plot holes that
1: you want to point out.
0: I don't know that they're. Hmm. You love pointing out plot holes. I do love pointing out plot holes. See, that's the thing. When I'm watching a movie, especially movies where uh, they they have to be much tighter, and uh, it's very easy to like have things that dangle and fall off. And especially the movies we watch these days, which is just Marvel movies and stuff like that. Those have um, plot holes. I can't think of many here. Plot, like I mentioned, that I think the way the um, cop plot ended not a plot hole, just felt like a dangling thread, which I guess they're going to string on to season two, but I don't necessarily like that. I can't think of anything that was like, this is wrong. Well, let's talk, uh, okay, I have
1: two, not necessarily plot holes, but weak plot. I It feel, feel, feels like it requires more convincing. Mm-hmm. The two ones are anything ar- around police, and the second is um, the old man. So let's start talking about the police first. Okay. So what what I understood is that you know after the they came back to the world, he goes on and he tries to convince a police officer that this these events took place right after the red light green light. Yeah, and that is hilarious and it makes sense. If I was a police officer and this man came here, I would not be convinced.
0: I would tell you to go back and take your meds.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. <clears throat> but I think realistically, if two hundred people came back, there would be more reports. And somebody would have to see that there's multiple reports recounting similar events that sound suspicious, right?
0: I guess I can see that. So that, to me, I, yeah, I can see that weak plotting, but I can also easily justify that within the context of the TV show and say that a lot of these people are probably not the kind of people who would ever think to go to the cops for anything. Uh, and so, you know, some of them are outright criminals, mm-hmm. and so they would just wouldn't care and they probably I would assume live in different parts of Korea Yeah. so you know maybe there were a couple of people who went to the cops and it's just like random blips mm-hmm. here and there
1: and the police I guess if they don't file it onto some they don't take network, it seriously
0: then it's never gonna yeah. never gonna see oh someone said something similar over oh, in another place it, it's also
1: possible some cops are bought I would say I mean
0: absolutely with this kind of massive enterprise there have to be people who are bought similar to that what I think is also not a plot hole but might seem like a plot hole is that this is going to be extremely bleak, bleak and cynical but like you know 400 plus people disappearing every year or every half year or whatever to play these games and like basically killing 400 people every year they are like that's crazy how would no one notice this and i'm like yeah i believe that <laughs> i believe that you can pull 400 like down under like people off the streets and no one would notice every year Just, does, does not in any way go past. I don't even need to suspend my disbelief right now. I'm like, I believe that could happen in the world, so no problem. Okay. I'm going to continue with my cop, though. Because <laughs> even if...
1: It, like I said, I don't think it's a plot hole. I just think it needs more convincing for me, so that I call yeah. it a weak plot point. Yeah. The police officer. like The brother? I just feel like he did not take the most... Common
0: sets of co-steps. Oh, yeah. He, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that there. He he went really vigilante very quickly for no reason whatsoever. You're not Batman. Yeah. By the way, there's a Batman trailer. But you're not Batman. By the way, there's an Attack on Titan trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you're not <Ed>
1: Aaron Jaeger. <laughs> like, even at the very beginning at the, the docks, right, you could have taken a video... And then sent that, and or like write a, maybe a little bit more descriptive text. It just doesn't feel like you need to say, "Hey, I won't be at work tomorrow," or whatever he said, and then go on his
0: thing. Like, okay, so let's walk through this. Like, what could reasonably have happened? Um, so he he find like he walks in. Actually, I actually thought, as an extremely random and small point, that the cop who was taking the report was actually extremely reasonable. Like, he actually listened to him completely. Yes. He actually took the call, called the number. He actually tried. And then he was just like, well, this is nonsense, right? I want to see more of that guy. Yeah, I was like, this guy, I, was like, I, I think you're doing a swell job. <laughs> um, but then he shows up, you know, he, he sees the, the car, he takes it, because I, I believe at this point he's already seen a similar car in his brother's place. Oh he no, he sees the card, then sees a similar card yeah. in brother's place, then comes back and takes it. Um, so first of all, he just has like this baseless lead, right? He's like, my brother's missing, and his brother's an adult, so there's like, I, there's no missing report. Like you don't, I might be wrong here, but I don't believe you file missing reports. Or you can, but like you don't often file missing reports for people who are over like 18. It's like, you you definitely do, man. <laughs> Not, not in that if, Like, if somebody's
1: gone for like a week or so
0: yeah but his brother hasn't been gone for that long though
1: I assure you if you're gone for a week I will
0: file if I a disappeared for a week you could file a mystery report if I disappear for five minutes you could file a mystery report it will not be taken as seriously like if a 16 year old Go, disappears for a day and you file a missing report, that's taken seriously. If a 25 year old goes for a week and you file a missing report, it's not taken as seriously because they're an adult and adults do random things all the time. They <clears> go and like. So I'm not saying you can't, I'm saying it is unlikely that the missingness of his brother is top of the list for anyone at this moment. Okay. So he's doing some rogue investigation because he's a cop and I can believe that he's like, you know, trying to figure out what happened to his brother. And, you know, since they don't give us anything about their relationship other than gave him his liver or kidney once, then I can fill in lots of blanks that would allow me to believe this. By the way, side note, when I'm willing to fill in blanks for you, that means you're writing a good story. When, when you're writing a bad story, I'm unwilling to fill in blanks for you. <laughs> That's because there's too many blanks. because <laughs> yeah, there's too many <laughs> blanks. Um, so then he, he takes the card and then he's like, okay, let's find out what's up. So he follows the guy. And then he sees them pick the guy up, and he just sees the guy go into a car. He doesn't see the gassing or anything like that. So nothing suspicious has happened yet. He's just following to see what happens. Then he follows, and then they're going to docks and, like, get him on a ship. What's he going to do? Go back and say, hey, there might be some suspicious activity. Mm. Then you need to get a warrant and go up the chain. It's a good chance this just gets blocked completely, right? Yeah, I guess, yeah, because from his
1: point of view, you're right. He doesn't know if it's an abduction.
0: Yeah, he's just...
1: Which it actually isn't, but, yeah. And he doesn't see the red costumes, I guess. he
0: doesn't see any of that. He just sees some cars going, and it's, like, a little bit suspicious, sure. But, like, even assuming that all the VIBs don't have bought enough people to completely shut down any investigation there, I don't... would, like, a judge give a warrant to, like seize one of these ships or go to their island. Like, I don't even know if he has enough grounds for that.
1: Well, but I guess... uh, Now I'm just being a stickler. But I'm going (laughs) to go through with it because it's too late. Yeah. You're in the boat. The cars are off. He goes into one of the cars and pretends to be asleep, Mm -hmm. right? At that point, that is a good time to take out your phone and say, Captain, I think we have a situation it seems like there are hundreds of people in car all fast asleep, and some weird people in red costumes are, like, uh, taking their...
0: Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. The moment he sees all of them, assuming he still has service because apparently <laughs> service is a difficult thing to get in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's still pretty close to the island. Yeah. Or to the land, not the island. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I agree with you that. The moment he sees that, even if he's going to keep going, he should immediately call this in and say something. Yeah, I agree. Because there's now a bunch of cars with like over 200 people who are unconscious this is we are now definitely in sketchy behavior territory
1: also instead of like going onto the boat you could have pulled out from your bat belt uh, your bat utility belt a GPS tracker (laughs) just stick it on one of the cars
0: yeah I I often walk around with a GPS a sticky GPS tracker so I don't see why he couldn't have done that yeah (laughs) oh man you need a Utility boat at all times. Yep. Just, you never know what you're going to need. Sometimes you just need a grappling hook or shark repellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: yeah. It was, it felt weaker. I'm not going to say it's a plot hole. I think I'm just missing a couple of things.
0: No, I, I, I you've, could, you've convinced me. I think it's not like, hmm, I don't know if it's big enough to call a plot hole. Yeah. yeah but I think that it's definitely some contrived, Script writing that gets him into the situation. A, a little bit. Yeah.
1: It just requires a little bit more detail. I think it could have been done better. But yeah. uh, the second one, your favorite.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. So I absolutely freaking hate the, the plot twist at the end of this thing with the old man turning <clears throat> out to be one of the old people and he's not really a mastermind, I don't think. I think he's just one of the people. I guess since he's the, he probably is the one who owns the island and stuff. So I guess he has more of a stake in it. But <sighs> where do you even start? Um, I'll
1: stop you right there. Uh-huh. Definitely, I think he is more involved than we realized because he knew all the games. Did he, he was, know all the games? He was surprisingly helpful. He knew what to do for tug of war. He that's Mar- it. the marble the marble game. He was looking for his house. Okay, so... his The whole thing was designed based on yes, where he so lived.
0: That one was designed based on where he lived. I'm willing to say he didn't necessarily know the games he was going to play ahead of time. Because why did he pick the star instead of the, the square? You know, And like doesn't <laughs> matter if you know you're about to play red light, green light. Like you can still flinch and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't think he went in with really that much of an unfair advantage. And just because he knew the alleys... That doesn't change anything about playing marbles. Like, Alice had nothing to do with playing marbles. No, no, He no. just
1: knew how to play marbles. Oh, I guess by mastermind, I mean, like, he, he was more involved in the process of, of designing the games, whereas I think the other VIPs yeah. seem to just enjoy it. They I just, they just more show more...
0: up and watch, and he's, like, basically someone who manages the games. And...
1: One of the VIPs who does that, yeah. with the front man probably doing most of that work. But
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, back to the, the twist. Okay. Let's back up. What is a plot twist Supposed to achieve. In terms of writing, in my head, a plot twist is supposed to reframe something. You're basically saying, here's all these things that you've been seeing, and now I've revealed this information that completely recontextualizes everything relevant to this thing you've seen up to here.
1: I would say what a plot twist is not is not a lie, right? No. So you can't have a plot twist that completely undermines the whole story that you wrote. Without any foreshadowing, without any contextual thing that makes it make sense, right? Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, the good guy was the bad guy the whole time.
0: And then and, and it just doesn't make any sense based on what we've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It definitely should not, you know, break your story and it should change something about the way I'm viewing the story. Like when I go back and watch The Sixth Sense, for example, I'm like, oh, this was obvious. There were there was foreshadowing for this. I'm viewing everything much differently now that I know what the twist of that movie is mm-hmm. than I would, you know, going through the first time and not realizing that. This plot twist in my head, and maybe you think differently, accomplishes nothing. Because you flip it and you're like, oh, he's one of the VIPs. And then I think, A, what you've done is robbed me of the emotions I felt during that Marvel scene, which is bad. And then B, changed nothing about the way I see the old man. Because he's still just an old man with dementia who just wants to play some games and have some fun before he dies, which is what he was the entire time anyway. So why did you do this?
1: We might have to rely on season two for some of this. I I wouldn't say it was nothing, though, because the one thing it did bring was nuance to uh, the high class, right? You were talking about earlier... How the high class are just a bunch of jerks, which they are incredibly simplistically are with the exception of the old guy now, because the old guy, you know, ha- he talks about how like the unhappiest people or whatnot are both the richest and the poorest, right? And so you're, you're getting a glimpse into his life. You're not, you're not saying he's a good guy. You're not saying he's, you know, redeemed of anything he's done, but you're understanding that there's a nuance. To him, right? Similar to how these poor people and desperate people have two sides to their identity, you know, the natural human side and the desperate side that's willing to do anything. He is a rich person, which, much like the other ones, has this affinity to see people die playing child games, but (laughs) has (laughs) desires ultimately. to have I, I guess enjoyment, happiness, and, and and ends up joining in on that death life game to seek for it, right? I, season two will need to do more for it. I would call this another so, weak
0: thing. The reason why that doesn't work for me, you're saying season two will do more for this, because I absolutely do not want a season two of this. I absolutely hundred percent not want to watch another season of because I think it did an excellent job being one season of television that told a story that you can probably talk about for what has it been 36 minutes and 29 seconds and more and then they're like by the way here's sequel bait and I'm like what just we've said this before I'll say it a million times just go tell another story honestly you could have had a season two of this being a completely fresh set of characters Also experiencing this game, you could have gone back and told me the story of the brother and how he won the game and became the front man. Or you could have told me the story of how the Squid Game started. No, that probably would have been a pretty boring story. You could have told me any other story, but Jihong, for some freaking reason, decides I'm not going to go see my daughter. Instead, I'm going to dye my hair red and go back to do what? Try and stop the games? How? Like, what does he hope to accomplish?
1: Okay. First, I'm going to not take offense to the fact that you downplayed a person getting red hair ref. Huh? Uh-huh.
0: uh-huh. <laughs> I think... It changes a- you. <laughs> I think, A, it was just... It did not look good on that character. Like, he that man is not meant to have red hair. I'm gonna say it right now, he was not pulling out the look. Sometimes <laughs> in life, Raf, you're just stressed, like during
1: exam seasons, And you you're decide, <laughs> I need to dye my hair a different color. <laughs> Ronald McDonald red. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the joke here is that I I dyed my hair red. And you can put a picture of this on Instagram. Don't you dare. <laughs> going back. I do want to talk about... I have reservations with season two, but I'll put a pin on that. Yeah. We're talking about the old guy. True. If this was the end of the story, I'm absolutely not satisfied with him. I understand that there's an advantage to bring the nuance, and I'm just highlighting that, but I'm still on your side that I, I do not find satisfaction from it, because I like the idea of an old man who is... You know, his mind is going away. He has a tumor growing in his head or whatnot. And he just wants to do something good for his family, right? He's about to die. Might as well, I guess, do it in a game that he could die at any point.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to recall. When we first meet the old man, he said, like, he had grandchildren and stuff, right? And he was doing it for them. That was the story. I'm trying to recall Honestly, to me, in my head, that motivation is basically the same motivation he had anyway. Except, you know, yeah. he just wants to have fun. But I'm like, he's here not because he really thinks he's going to win. Because he just wants to do something with his life. His life is ending. He just wants to do something. And his life on a bang. Yeah. Uh, that's why I just like it. And it really, really robs the emotion out of episode. The, the one the with the marbles one. Because that episode was so good. And... Like, it hit me in all the feels. I almost cried. And then I get... That's that's the annoying part. It's like, I almost cried. And then you get to the end and I'm just annoyed. I'm just like, what? Like, why? Why is he still alive? Why? Just get out
1: of here. Raph doesn't cry a lot. So (laughs) this means... I was unaware of this. This means that that episode had a greater emotional complexity for you than... I
0: realized. Yeah, it had tears in my eyes. So I was like, this is so sad. Okay, why I think it was so sad. There was obviously lots of sad things happened, right? You know, at, we we started the episode, I told them to partner up and insert wife name here, said immediately, oh, they're probably going to make them turn on each other. And I was like, yeah, you're right. They probably are actually going to do that. So I was in the like, oh, this is going to end badly. And then, you know, classic, they team up, they have to turn on each other. And you're like, oh, no. He owns the main character, so he's not, definitely not going to die here. That means this old man is going to die. And then, you know, you tell the stories of, of all the different people. You have uh, Sang-woo being just the conniving bastard that he is. and Ali. Uh, and, and getting Ali killed. I have very little sympathy for Ali, honestly, because I'm just like, you're an idiot and you kind not deserve what comes to you. you can't say that. You take that back. I'm going to... I, Give I, me. I give don't need thirty seconds. To I'm not that about. harsh on him. I was just gonna just be, being <laughs> contrary to make a point. But yes, go ahead. Thirty seconds to convince you. <laughs> Ali, sure. A little
1: naive. A little. A, a little naive. <laughs> sure, but you have to understand. This has been set up. The first time watching episode two, I noticed that Song, the friend, right, he was a bit too nice to the to Ali. Like he got him a phone call, he got him ramyun, he got him a bus ticket, and then at the place, he gave him his food and whatnot. From Ali's point of view, he's been nothing but nice to him. Like, actually, I, I, and that was something I noticed watching it, he's been nothing but nice to him, but I felt all the time that that guy's not a nice guy. But from Ali's point of view, this guy, there's, he's done a lot of things to make him feel like he can be trusted. So, from Ali's specific point of view, not from the viewer's point of view.
0: I uh, 100% agree that this was foreshadowed from the beginning, that Sango was a cannabinoid bastard, and Ali is gullible. I don't think Sango was being nice. Like, I don't think he had some grand plan to do this entire time. No. I think he was just being nice because he's not that bad a guy. Like, the movie kind of paints him as a secondary villain or, or a primary villain, depending on how you think of it. Um, but he's not... I mean, he's he's a person. He's complex. He's not an awful person. So he was nice in that one instance when they left the game. And when they got back, Ali was like, Hey, we're best buds now. He was like, well, I know you're strong. So it's definitely useful to have you on my side. And I'm not a horrible person. So let's hang out. And then they hung out. And Ali was being a puppy the entire time. Like, yes, 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 master. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so great. We're having fun. And then you get to the model episode. And I'm just like... Okay, how old are you? You have a wife and a and a kid. You're like twenty five minimum, probably more like thirty. Like, come on, come on. It doesn't matter how much this person has helped you. You guys are in a death game. One of you is going to die. He convinced as a result him that you might not die. Do you have a brain in your head? Think, man. Even if you, even if you're like, oh, maybe we won't die. It's true just, just like take the
1: 100% chance to live
0: yeah like don't mess around with this because like as much as you guys are friends, like the moment you get in that situation and again I understand it's complex he doesn't want this guy to die they're friends in his mind but I feel like if you were truly dedicated to getting out helping your wife and kids like the moment you enter this situation like he came back to the game that's the thing right Ali, it wasn't like they're all stuck here it's like Ali left and felt desperate enough to come back and play the game. The moment you get into a situation where this is your opponent, you cannot take your hand off, like, like drop the ball like that. You have to be like, okay, I do not want this guy to die. But I most definitely, myself, do not want to die and live my wife and kid. Like, alone. Like, that is the worst outcome here. Raph?
1: <laughs> assuming I make it past red light, green light, uh-huh. which I can't. Yeah. Because I would say, I would move my hands and say, oh, that's what they meant by eliminating. <laughs> and then be proceeded to be eliminated. <laughs> assuming I pass that. Assuming I pass number two with the maple syrup, even though I have no hand-eye coordination. I, I think I can pass that one. <laughs> <laughs> Three, assuming I pass the tug-of-war, because now I've watched Squid Game and know all the tactics for <laughs> tug-of-war. That one's a 50-50. <laughs> I make it to the marble game with you. mm mm-hmm. If you tell me that there is a chance that you could live,
0: both of us could live,
1: I might trust you on that.
0: Except I've known you for like five, six years. Well, And he's known this guy for maybe a week. But after everything you've now said, <laughs> I will not trust you on that. I'm going to tell you right now, if we're ever put in a life or death situation and it's my life against yours, do not trust me for one second because... I will be like, I do not want my friend to die, but I most definitely do not want to die. <laughs> 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 uh, that was a complete random standard. I guess I understand it. I don't actually hate this character. I just think he was a little bit too gullible. I think what would have helped, and this is kind of hard to say because like I'm saying, right, smarter characters, but I would have liked it if Sangwoo was a little bit more devious than Ali being gullible. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred that. I'd be like, I can see how you fall for a trick. But the entire time, I'm just like, this is kind of a really obvious tr- trick. And he's just falling for it. But Ali is a very different person for me. I do not think anywhere near the way that character thinks. So I was never going to understand him and get on his level anyway. The real point of this was, the, <laughs> was the, the old man. While we're here, I don't care too much about the girls. It was heartbreaking and stuff like that. Felt all the right emotion. It was like, it hit the beats it was supposed to hit. I felt bad for both of them, and I thought it was sad. But I was also like, this character got introduced last episode. I know she's going to die. What I did not expect was, when he started and he, you know, it was like the whole gumbo stuff. And then, what was really heartbreaking for me was not that the old man was going to die or lose and then Sang, because then Gihon was gonna watch his uh his his little buddy friend die. What was heartbreaking for me, and I don't know why, is watching Gihon basically see the depths to which he would sink to survive. When you realize that you are not what you thought you were, and that yeah, basically everything you thought you were is is like you, you end up this situation and like all the niceties of civilization is stripped away, and you see that you're kind of not that great a person. That, to me, was so sad. I so that as well was making me cry. I was like, this guy is in so much pain right now. Because <laughs> mm. he's... He thought he was going to lose, which is a really sad thing. He was like, oh, I'm going to die. And he doesn't want to die. And then he he sees this thing where the guy doesn't know what it is. And his instinct is probably to say, oh, well, it's this thing. And then he realizes, no, that's going to kill me. He says the other thing. And he's just like... I don't know. I can't even describe what that must feel like. But I think if I was in that situation... I would feel like absolute shit for the rest of my life. Not because I got my friend killed, but because I realized that I'm not, I'm a terrible enough person to exploit someone kind of thing.
1: Yeah. The, the scary thing about that scene is, is that you understand that you could do the same thing. Yeah. Right. You could choose your life. Ultimately, that's what it is, right? He's choosing his life over another person's. And although he's not doing anything huge and explicit where he's like actively holding a gun to his head, yeah. he's slowly taking on what seems to be marginal things, yeah. right? Marginal decisions, small decisions, but those small decisions have huge impacts, right? Yeah. Just saying, oh no, I I chose three, right? And because that was his original guess, in my mind, I'd, I'd think of that in a game, I'd I could do that because it's a marginal thing, like a marginal cheat, yeah. whatever, right? But that has a huge impact, right? That's where you're drawn and you realize that, like, even your in your small decisions, you can be selfish enough to choose your life over another, that if the consequences are bigger, you'd still make those small decisions, right?
0: Yeah, and then you're like, you know, in a normal situation, this game was quote-unquote fair, right? It's a fair game, and you realize that... Mm. The moment your life's at risk, you don't care about fairness or equality anymore. It's just about that I need to survive and I'll do anything to survive. For me, the the peak point of that was when the guy was like, well, will you just loan me one so we can keep playing? And he's like, no, even though, you know, they just whatever, 40 minutes ago, set up the whole gambu thing, that's, like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Because, like, not only are you exploiting this man, but, like, you're breaking... I don't know why. I just find, like, people breaking their promises when they don't want to, and, like... Mm. That I just find that to be extremely sad. So, I found the entire episode sad, and the old man died, and you're like, he's never going to live this down. And then they bring the old man back, and he's just angry, and... I don't (laughs) get I I agree. I agree. Um, I think that they could have... Whatever nuance they wanted to accomplish with the VIPs and all that, all that could have been accomplished without robbing that. That's why I specifically dislike the choice to bring him back.
1: I I agree. I foolishly, naively, like Ali, like <laughs> Ali, I naively hope that Season 2 will bring some sort of reconciliation for this and,
0: and yep. give I the mean, payload. I'm extremely skeptical, but, you know... If it's a, it might just be another great season of television and yeah. completely like wraps up and like changes everything. I'm like, oh my god, it was so smart all along. I liked
1: basically all the characters.
0: So here's the thing, I, I liked what they were like. I almost liked them as sort of caricatures. Like, I wasn't invested in the lives of these characters. I was like, oh my god, I really want Gihon to get out and be his best self. But I, I, I was invested in them as more of like archetypes mm. than. Like, on an individual level. Yeah. Which is why I don't necessarily need a season two of watching gi again, because I'm not invested in his, him personally. I'm, I was just invested in, like, this kind of person in this kind of situation. Mm. What do you think about Sang-woo, though? I thought he was interesting because he
1: represents somebody who is intelligent. Yeah. Somebody who had lots of hope and lots of future And squabbled it. So he more so than others is, you know, he seemed like he had all the tools to be more in control of his life. Absolutely. Um, And so it was interesting to see him play the game. And he felt like a very realistic character in the sense that, you know, he was a, a very practical person. He will help people only to his end, right? The squid game fight at the end was over. He represents the person who... Whereas you have the thug that, you know, obviously is everything he does is for himself. Yeah. You have this other person who is willing to be with other people so long as it's beneficial. But as soon as somebody loses value in some way, maybe they're not strong enough because they're a woman. It's something he brought up, right? He That's where he parts ways, right? Yeah. And whereas the main character, we see his struggle back and forth between choosing to be with somebody not just because they're beneficial, but because it was the right thing to do, right? With the marble game, it was unfortunate, but he was trying to be nice to the old man at first by choosing him over choosing someone else that was more fit and more there in their mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sangwoo is very, he is just a a practical person. And I enjoyed that about him. I I guess I don't have too much to go into it. I I had a thought who was the most bought in. That's that's how I felt about it. Like, all these people, if we're going to go back to the whole capitalism, debt, whatever, are sort of victims and maybe aren't super happy with like the society they're in and how it's structured and everything, but he, more than all of them, was completely bought in. And then he sort of owns that like he failed to make money or somehow, and he's here, and he's going to get it back. And he, I guess he's the more the most, without being a ruthless thug, realistic about it. Yes, this is what it takes. I am here, you know. I'm going to go to university and I'm going to get get the degree I want. I come out and be like, oh, that's not enough. Well, I'm going to mortgage my parents' house to get the money mm. to make the deals I want. Oh, that's not enough. Well, I'm here now. I'm going to win and get the money I want. Um, so he's sort of willing to go the extra mile and like do whatever whatever it takes. He's not going out of his way to be a d- or a jack or a mean person, but the opportunity presents itself for him to sort of advance himself in some way he's going to take it even at the end there with the, when he killed himself obviously that's very emotional to friends and that job but I think I'm, maybe I'm misreading this but to me that actually was also a selfish decision because he realized that if he lets um, Jihan quit then all this has been for nothing and all that money goes to people who while they might need it it's not his cause it's not his people and he knows that if he kills himself right now, he can guilt Gihan into taking care of his mom. In that moment, he understands that while you know he's at the end, he's not going to get what he wants. He pre- he would prefer like his mom or whatever. and I don't know if he has any other family to get taken care of. Then than none of that and then this all have been for nothing. Hmm. Yeah, and that that's the way I sort of read that.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure how to take it, because I felt like it was a fight over their friendship a bit, too. So I kind of interpreted it as he's on the brink of death, and he realizes, I guess, that his friendship does matter. Like you you said, he doesn't go out of his way to be a jerk, and he also doesn't go out of his way to be a friend, really. Yeah. Right? Whatever is practical in the sense, whatever is beneficial from him, a very utilitarian perspective, I think, is, is the way he approached it. Which I can also buy, then, that what you're saying is that his, the decision for him to die was a utilitarian
0: uh, decision. I guess to push that back on that a little bit, does he not go out of his way to be a friend? Because most of the context we see in him is within the context of the game. Which again, being the kind of person he is, I understand that everything he's doing there is a means to an end. But outside of the game, really, the only context we have for him is helping someone he did had no reason to help. Right. Like I think at that point, unless you unless you're thinking he's thinking, oh, we're probably going to go back to the game. But I don't think you can. I don't think he was being that calculating. I think he was just being nice.
1: Yes, and, and for sure, I think part of it is that it shows that the game actually changed him yeah. a bit. But I also think, I don't know. So the, it depends on the, how you interpret his acting. When I saw him with Ali at the at the st- grocery store with, you know, giving him ramen and all that, I saw the look that made me feel like he's already so much in debt, it, like this little money doesn't matter to him. Oh, yeah. It's actually. not like it's, he's not going that much out of his debt because he's billions in dollars in debt. Yeah,
0: right? his problem isn't, getting food to eat today. His problem is, I am in massive debt that I can never pay off. <laughs> yeah. But,
1: either way, I think there are both in- interesting interpretations.
0: Yeah. It is not a plot all but I don't even know what to call it. Sai, the female character, the non-emo female, yeah, the, less, the less emo female character. Sai, the pickpocketer. That was so annoying. The way our plot ended, I'm actually, the more I think about it, the more annoyed I am by that. Obviously, she was she was never as important as the other two. And was ne- like it was always going to be their story. But I was like, let her go out in a reasonable way. Like, what the hell is this? They shot all the glass and one of them just ran. Like, that is such BS. <laughs> it's like, she just got past the game. Like, even if she had died in that game, that would be fine. But it's like, maybe if What's-His-Name had pushed her off, honestly, that would have been better. And then you can go into that final conflict with him sort of being, like, them really being uh, against each other. Because how it turns out is, she gets through... And then gets a glass through her gut for no reason whatsoever. Actually just out of the blue and completely random and makes no sense. And then he kills her. Again, in my mind, for no reason whatsoever. Because I don't see why he would get out of his way to kill someone who's basically dying. Like, she's absolutely not a threat in whatever game they're about to play. Like, I don't see why he would decide to, like, kill her and stain his hands there. Like, that doesn't seem to me like who Sangwoo is. Like, why would he go out of his way... Kill someone who was absolutely not a threat and was probably going to be dead in the next hour anyway. But let's,
1: all right, I'm going to go from this perspective. I'm yeah. going to say that I don't like the mirror thing or the, the glass thing, but I liked the plot. So the plot that you described or the plot that I found interesting was that there's three people left. One of them is injured. And obviously there's a moment there of wondering who's going to team up with who, right? And it's kind of interesting to think about, oh, there might be two players against one player, and one of them is slightly injured, and they're going to have to work their way to work together to fight, you know, Sangwoo. I thought that would be interesting. And then they kill her off. And I thought that was interesting uh as well, because as he reveals later, Sangwoo says, I killed her because I was afraid you guys would stop the game. Not the most convincing thing, because I don't think the side would ever stop the game. But I bought into it because by having three people, the dynamics completely go chaotic, I think, right? Before things can settle, he has to do something. Sangwoo needs to do something about it. I just agree, though, that the execution of how they made her injured was poorly done. Glasses breaking randomly,
0: getting yeah. her. Again, like, I don't mind him killing her off. I don't mind her being killed off I don't mind him being you know a mean person my problem is the way it was yeah. executed it was like she got through the game and then randomly she's injured and so he's decided that again she was really at death's door <laughs> I don't know why he would kill her I'm like doesn't even matter if they team up nothing she can possibly do will ever yeah. matter cause she is basically dead It's whatever. It was a minor thing. Yeah. Yeah, They (laughs) would. Yeah.
1: Um. What do you think? Let's finally get to this. I have some reservations about season two. Yeah. But I'm open to it. The reservations I have is whenever other movies or stuff that are similar to this tackle it, like The Hunger Games, they get into the whole government thing or the whole high class problem thing, and while there these movies or tv shows have been good at handling the just the survival the basic instincts of it's humanity monster. yeah when you when you put it up and try to make it more epic it's much harder to make it good you start being like government bad or high class people bad and they have money and weapons and then you have the good guys and they must do a revolution or beat the bad guys somehow with no money and no equipment uh, and then you get like you get this apparently the smart guy who knows how to run a whole government and instill fear with people create a little town of of water flowing and stuff What movie are you describing
0: are you- right now <laughs> Hunger Games! <laughs> I haven't. I don't remember anything past the first movie, and I barely remember the first movie.
1: In the Hunger Games, right, you have what? Snow? Not Jon Snow, you yes. have Snow. Yeah,
0: Snow. <laughs> <laughs> who apparently knows things. Yeah, he's one of the people who started Hunger Games.
1: Yeah, and he's like, he knows a lot about how humans work and function, and how to control fear, and how to control them and subdue them. I hope so. He's been running the Hunger Games exactly. for lots of years. And in the first movie, he has that presence. And then, you know what they do in the last movie? Okay. He sets up a town. He sets up a town with traps. Sorry. I like, like towns with traps. Uh, okay. <laughs> If you step on here, we'll activate the the water. That's what he's always done. He likes to play games. He likes to run a government. (laughs) That's the character. Anyhow. So, I'm afraid that Squid Game will become that.
0: Yes. Hunger Games. Replace the squid with Hunger and polarize the game. Oh,
1: where... I mean, we already saw that the VIPs... you, You expressed this. The VIPs were not that interesting. I suppose the front man is interesting.
0: The front man is a bit interesting, but limitedly. Yes. Like, I am interested to see, you know, how he got there. I don't think I need nine episodes of how he got there. Um, Like I said, I don't think his brother is dead. Well, I think they, they wrote it in a way that's very convenient, where they can decide, okay, we don't need this character to come back. Or they can decide, oh, no, he only got shot in the shoulder and fell into, you know rapid moving water, he absolutely could survive that. No problem. He just washed onto a bank somewhere. So they've given themselves that out that he can come back or not. Um, I just don't know that I care. Again, I don't actually care about any of the individual characters except surprisingly Sai because I think I want her to be able to help her brother kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So like, I actually, of all the people here, She's the one person that I wanted to... I knew she wasn't going to survive, but I wanted her to somehow get out and be able to do what she needed to do. Okay, I'm about to completely go on a complete tangent. No, oh no. This is why I am so... I guess what I really hated was the last episode. <laughs> because everything else for me is great. And then the last episode just sorts of muddies things in weird ways. So... Gihon's character goes from this guy who I'm like, yeah, you're kind of a beat down, like, down in your luck, but also yeah, a gambler kind of... I can vibe with him. I don't think he's the greatest guy, but I'm like, I can vibe with this guy as my main character. And then he becomes such a... I don't even know what to call it, like, so in his own head and mopey and weirdly... I, I don't know. Like, he has all the money. He doesn't want to use the money because it's blood money. And the entire time, I'm thinking well, sure, that's great enough, but like, you literally know about this orphan kid who Sai asked you to take care of with this money. It's been a year. What are you doing? (laughs) Like that turns his character from someone that's complex, convoluted. Uh, Okay, that's unfair. I'm not going to say it makes his character not complex, but it turns his character from someone that's like nuanced in a way that I enjoy, where like, he's clearly a good guy, but he's got Bad habits to someone who was just willing to because they're moping about and brooding, just leave a kid for a year, <laughs> not helping them. And I'm like, well, like, come on, <laughs> you've had a whole year. Like, at some point, please, just I don't know, just like put some money in the back. got like you, at the end, he doesn't even really do anything with the kid. He just takes him out, gives him to the woman, gives him some money. That's all you need to do at the beginning, and then you can go around and mope all you want. Like, why did this take you a whole year? And he's it, they almost frame it as though seeing the old man again revitalizes him to do something and go back and because that's how it is right he's moping about he gets the thing he goes to see the guy actually this is where it starts annoying me, because you know obviously we get the review of the guys alive and I'm like I don't like this and then they play this game similar to how I think they're trying to do a parallel with um, the VIPs and him right now where they're like well this homeless man who's on the street freezing is he gonna get help or not from anyone if he gets help you win if he doesn't get help I win and they're doing the whole thing, the old man is cynical about the human condition, and, you know, they're trying to show that, oh, he's the one playing the games now for the entire time. The Gihon I know, who teamed up with an old man in a death game, just because he was trying to be nice, who, generally speaking, has always tried to be a nice person, should 100% be going down to help the freezing homeless man right now, not standing up here for the next one hour, to see if some other random person would help him. Like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> but the main character. Well, the main character ultimately represents the person who does go out of his way to help people. But I felt like the whole story. He he does both. Right with the old man, he helps him. He chooses him to help him. But then we quickly also see him realize that he's going to do these marginal cheats to get the marbles back. He was always kind of struggling between the two. I think between selfishness and. and...
0: Well, I, I agree there, but like, why I have a problem with it is because in one instance, it's the survival instinct. It's he was trying to be a nice guy, and then it became about him surviving. And he, you know, crossed the line that maybe he never thought he'd cross. But then, even after that, it's not like he suddenly became a different person and started walking down a dark path for the rest of the season. He's guilty about that, but he's still the same guy. He still is trying to protect Sai by the end, even though it would be in his best interest and just not care. He killed his best friend. He did not feel like he
1: won, right? Absolutely. He so felt like he lost. He was the guy who won all the billion, billions of dollars, well, billions of wands, mm-hmm. and he still felt like he lost. He doesn't know what to do now.
0: That part is fine. I don't think that he should have come out of that with the money and be like, hey, I'm rich. It's great. That's not what I'm expecting. I expected him to do something, not just sit around. So... He, he gets the old man killed, and he feels extremely bad and guilty about that. But that does not, at the core, change who he is, as we see for the next two or three episodes. Because he still tries to be nice. He still tries to keep the team together. He still tries to, like, help people. And when Sango pushes the guy off, he's still shocked. Like, why would you do that? When Sai's bleeding out, he still tries to help. And he's annoyed. And the reason he goes into the Squid Game really all on vengeance mode or whatever is that He's just seen San push that guy off and slit this girl's throat. And he's like, I thought you were a different person than this. And he's angry. And then they fight because he's angry. And then at the end, he doesn't kill him because he's not that kind of person. And San kills himself. He gets the money, leaves, and then, to me, just drops the ball as being the person. I don't expect him to turn around and become a great person after this. But I expect him to, like have at the very least helped the kid because she asked him to do that and he doesn't do it and that to me is extremely disappointing and then when he's with the old man I expect him to be like oh there's someone suffering this doesn't cost me anything to go help because that's the kind of person as the way I'm really he's shown to be and then he doesn't do that he's just standing there moping and brooding until someone else helps and I'm just like what? and then after that he goes and dies his hair red which honestly is just amazing and hilarious (laughs) for being honest here and then does the things he should have done so long ago, and decides, I'm going to go see my daughter, which again, once again, <laughs> he left the kid there for a year, and even though at the beginning we're supposed to believe he loves his daughter and wants to spend time with his daughter, had just been moping around instead of trying to, like, reconnect with his daughter, that one I can understand more because at least she's fine, it's not like she's in immediate danger or anything, and he's feeling bad, the, the really his brother I cannot forgive, and then instead of getting on the plane to go see his daughter, he's like, oh, I better go beat Tom Cruise and do Mission Impossible. Like, I, I don't know what he's trying to do. Like, to me, at the end, his character just became a confused. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. People are complex, and they make stupid decisions sometimes, and no one is perfect. It is not. is... I'm not saying it's unrealistic. I'm saying it's frustrating in not a good way. I'm frustrated by his character, but I'm not really like, oh, darn you, if only you'd been a better. person. I'm like, why are you actually making these choices, though?
1: <laughs> so, you use the word mopey. Another word similar to Moby would be depression, right? Mm -hmm. And part of depression is lethargy, the inability, well, the ability to act, but that constant hovering mental fatigue, right, that just stops you from making an action, right? And I think after going through four hundred, like six games, right, where he's been constantly at struggle, at turmoil with external factors and also internal factors that you highlighted, which is what made the Marble episode very interesting. I mean and after you know nearly killing your best friend, or at least, you know, committing a brutal assault, right? He relapses into this this mopey but also depressing, lethargic person. And I don't think that's too out of the ordinary. Maybe they could have done a little bit more to explain it. But like, imagine you won. Like, you won. Your best friend's dead. You you basically killed him. Uh, pretty close to it, right? I don't take blame for that one. He uh,
0: stabbed, you stabbed
1: himself. He stabbed himself. Yeah, but like, you're not happy about your best friend dying yeah. or having to find out that you're willing to kill an old man or a tug of war. Yeah. You're nobody's actually like. Really celebrating like you're put into a like limo. Everyone's dead. <laughs> and yeah, you're you're put into a limo, and you're you wake up on a street with a guy going tossed
0: out unceremoniously. Right?
1: Tossed out unceremoniously, and you just have this credit card. Now you yeah. don't even see the cash. Like everything is so downright opposite of what you imagine a victory to be. Right, you're left with nothing. You're lethargic.
0: You're depressed. Absolutely. It is not a victory. It is, in fact, a very profound and saddening defeat. And I understand that he would be depressed after that. I struggle to, like, voice, like, what what makes that mm-hmm. frustrating in that he just... I think it's because the entire show has shown me that he's the kind of person who helps other people. Which is why, again, I've been extremely better. Which is why the Marvel episode was so blah, blah, blah. But... <laughs> Overall, he's the kind of person who helps other people, even probably in situations where he probably shouldn't be with his wife and stuff. Why did he show up to his wife getting uh, given birth? Because his friend was, I, I forget the exact story of that, but like he was trying to help someone else. To the detriment he of, lost his job. He right? lost his job. And I think there was something that was happening there. Right? That there was they were doing getting a riot. Yeah. Or so whatever it's called. Something not so good was happening. I think. Someone shot like there was a riot. I think someone the cops ended up shooting his friend or something of that nature. Something along those lines. Don't quote me. But he, he's just he's the guy who helps people. And in that moment, I, I could have believed he got out, got the kid, gave the kid some money, and then walked off and lived a homeless life. I I could believe that and be like, yeah, that's kind of sad, but I believe that. But I just I am struggling with he walked out and didn't try to help the kid and my feelings about this are also wrapped up with the plot twist of the man being the the, the VIP and then he then starts going on this vengeance trip which again doesn't really seem like him because I'm like, like you're not this guy right like I don't know nothing about this movie has told me you're motivated enough to try and take down this criminal empire like you're just Keon.
1: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah we'll probably just go in circles. The two things yeah. I w- would add, and I, I understand it's probably not enough, but one is that he actually, where she asks him to promise him to take care of the son uh, her brother, he doesn't make the promise, which is like a, oh, moment. I, Which I understand might not be enough of a conviction. I think, 100% not. <laughs> <laughs> the second point, I would say, in storytelling, you want active characters. Yeah. In, in storytelling, a character who's passive, who doesn't do stuff, isn't interesting because you need motivation. Motivation drives conflict. It's yep. when people have different motivation that you have interesting conflict. When you don't have a person doing that, it's less interesting. And it, it can also be uh, dull or um, poor. It look, looked like poorly writing. Yep. I don't know what to say, but what I'm suggesting, I suppose, is that because even though I'm willing to buy it, I understand that for us, when we try to understand stories, when we want to see what's intriguing, that kind of writing is complicated. Having a character go into a year of inactivity, of passiveness, of not even maybe doing the bare minimum of helping out Sai's mm-hmm. brother can seem
0: a bit contrived. Or, yeah, you know. I mean, it's not, again, in real life, people are passive, people don't do anything. Like, it's a story, right? My criticism is of the choices made in the story. I 100% believe that a human being could just drop the ball and just fail. I don't think no human being could ever be like this. Um, I just think that the context of the story, it was weird. And to me, inconsistent, though. It is for everyone else to agree or disagree with. (laughs) Final thoughts, my friend? Uh, I think this was an awesome season of television that I didn't expect to be as enjoyable as was. Sans the ending. Um, I would recommend check it out, but if you got to this point I cannot imagine that you haven't so really, why am I recommending it? I think I would need to be convinced to watch a season 2 of this Like someone would need to be like, oh, I watched the first couple of episodes, it's really good, watch it it's kind of like Money Heist, have you ever seen Money Heist? Yeah, yeah. I watched the first quote-unquote two seasons, which were really just the first season and then I was like I am not interested in seeing anything that comes after this and people were like, it's actually not that bad and I watched the first episode and I was like no, no, you're wrong. It's actually just bad. <laughs> and I left
1: <laughs>
0: Money heist.
1: No, yeah, this was good. Squid Game, it, similar to Parasite, has an interesting take on classism, right? Yeah. Well, it shows class differences, yet keeps the human condition more interesting. People yeah. are not just, a, you know, a bad person or a good person in every context just because you have more money. it There's an interesting context of of your fault or the way you've decided to do things. And some of that is, you know, complex, whatnot, whatever. We've already talked about that. I think it's... I love seeing something that takes these moral complexities to another level. Um, Yeah. And being able to apply it to a creepy, life-or-death childish game is, I guess, an added bonus, right?
0: I think that... I think it's actually... It enhances it. Because you're like, they're playing these stupid games and they're getting shot. It makes... It stand out. They're like, this is extremely messed up. Ridiculous, uh, what's it called? hyperbolic to drive mm-hmm. home the point.
1: <sighs> mm. Um, today's episode is sponsored by a circle, a triangle, and a square. If you are looking to earn some money, well, let me tell you about it. Call number, uh, 555-4555 be willing to give your information. Uh, somebody will come pick you up in a van, uh, drive you around some places, you play some games, and you could earn some money. And Again, we can't really give the name of the company, but we're being sponsored by a square triangle circle.
0: This has been your latest episode of Couch Theater. Be sure to... And give us a review. We really like that. We want to hear back from you. Yes, you, John and Mindy. We want reviews and ratings. Share us with your friends if they care about this kind of things. It's awesome. And other things. We're on the medias of social. We have the book of Faces. We are there. Couch Theater or Couch Theater Podcasts. One of those two on everything... Including TikTok, most definitely not TikTok. (laughs) Anything but TikTok. (laughs) I do not have the energy for TikTok.